Welcome to the People Experience Pulse podcast, your gateway to the new frontier of human experiences at work. On the PX Pulse, we're all about elevating experiences, fostering belonging, and building remarkable workplace cultures in a fast evolving world. On today's episode, Vicki Flyer Hudson and Jeff Bond sit down with Gerard Quinn, Vice President of IT Innovation and Informatics at ICON. Gerard is a seasoned professional with over 25 years in the life science industry, serving in both human and animal health. Gerard, Vicky, and Jeff discuss the transformative power of artificial intelligence and how ICON is leveraging AI and data science to revolutionize the landscape of clinical trials. Gerard also shares some of the human-centric strategies that are driving positive change at ICON, including education, training, and establishing an AI committee. Stay tuned to hear this insightful conversation about the integration of AI in business, equipping and leading your people through change, and the impact your people can have navigating organizational change. Are you looking to make your workplace more human? Check out my friends at Coolleaf. What I love about Coolleaf is that it helps leaders create connection, engagement, and recognition. You can celebrate team wins, reward colleagues, and have fun with your coworkers. You can build a culture of appreciation and feedback that boosts morale, retention, and performance. Coolleaf also simplifies measuring and improving the employee experience with pulse surveys, rewards, and integrations with your everyday tools. To learn more about Coolleaf and how it can make your work more human, visit coolleaf.com slash try Coolleaf. That's C-O-O-L-E-A-F dot com slash try Coolleaf to book your free demo today and see how top workplaces use Coolleaf to put their people first and thrive. Welcome back to the People Experience Pulse. I am Vicki Flyer Hudson. I am here with my co-host, Jeff Bond. And it seems like everybody is talking about AI these days, and we want to look at it from a people-first perspective. So with that in mind, we are thrilled to have Gerard Quinn on the show, who can certainly shed an important light around this to our community of people experience leaders. Gerard, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me along. Delighted. It's our pleasure. It is. And thank you for coming on, Gerard. I want to jump right in. For those who are unfamiliar, how has your leadership at ICON driven the integration of AI in clinical trials? And what impact do you see this having on what your team is able to accomplish for the benefit of society? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the question, Jeff. So, Firstly, to move the needle in any organization around the adoption of AI, it involves a large amount of change. That's change in how people work, change in processes, and change in how outcomes are delivered for services. There are many areas where AI has and will be introduced to the clinical trial landscape at, um, at the ICON organization, supporting our sponsor engagements. Within my innovation team at ICON, we have established an AI center of excellence, and we're tasked with helping to drive that overall AI change change story at the organization. We've implemented innovative solutions for how we identify the right sites and investigators for um, clinical trials through the use of our one search platform. 
We have our Cassandra product, which is a true game changer in being able to identify the likelihood of post-marketing study requirements. We also have our Iconex product that identifies key opinion leaders across all therapeutic areas. And we're also working through the implementation of our smart ETMF AI technology that will transform how we're able to manage and file the clinical trial documentation during the trial execution. All of those examples that I've mentioned are really going to be game changers in how we're able to deploy AI to how clinical trials are executed. So the examples through the implementation required strong leadership across my team and a very supportive nature for how we support the team members in driving the initial discovery, the generation of the actual AI algorithms, and then working with the business to implement the change story. We've also lived the icon values through strong collaboration with our business colleagues during the AI creation phase as we work to define the requirements and work through the change story. During the deployment phase, we make sure to work closely with the user community to help them along the change change journey. So overall, it's very much a sort of people-centric change story. We're, you know, behind the scenes, we're deploying disruptive AI technology. But the whole thing and the whole journey we're on is a change story, changing how clinical trials are executed for the business, for colleagues um, um, within ICON, and for how we engage and drive the clinical trial execution for our sponsors. So, Gerard, yeah, I think that's great how you're really considering all of the stakeholders that this impacts. I mean, this is one of those polarizing topics these days uh, around AI because so many people have concerns about uh, the way that that works. And I know we'll talk a little bit more about these ethical concerns, but what I'm hearing and what I really like about this is that you're really considering the change, the positive change for the people whom you serve and through clinical trials and the advancement of uh, this field of science, you know, it can make a fundamental impact and really accelerate uh, the way in which we progress as a society. And so I really like what I'm hearing there. Yeah. And our goal overall, you know, in in our work with our sponsors, so all of the large pharmaceutical and biotech firms around the world, our, our aim is to execute the uh, cl- clinical trials and execute their plan for bringing new medicines and therapies to patients. So really, it's an exciting area to be involved in because the deployment of AI, the end goal is to speed up the delivery of those therapies and medicines to patients. That's that's really the end, end goal. So there is a significant benefit for when we deploy AI to delivering therapies, treatments, and medicines to patients. Yeah, and I almost start here like a twofold piece to this. One is, of course, the end goal that you just mentioned, but also the staff, just that you're still paying attention to not just the patients, but also your people and how to support them through this. I love how you call it a change story. That is fantastic. And of course, as many benefits as there are to AI, there are also, like Jeff mentioned, some concerns. So I'd love to hear from you around that because in the context of 
especially AI's rapid advancement, just the pace of it. How do you balance ethical concerns and innovation at ICON, especially when it comes to like the safety and security of your team members who are interacting with these tools? Yeah, so excellent question, Vicky. And it's it's an excellent question because it's extremely topical right, right now. Um, as we move into 2024, we're going to actually see the landscape of AI and how it's deployed really, really change. Um, in 2023, it was really the story of the hype cycle of generative AI, or as it's more commonly known, chat GPT, and really how it exploded across all industries and also into the public eye. Um, AI has been around for many, many years. If you look at machine learning, AI, NLP, which is um, natural language processing, it's been around many, many years, but very much under the cloud and people didn't really hear much, much about AI. And when it was that explosion of the generative AI or ChatGPT, it caused a huge amount of attention to fall on the whole area of, of AI and its use in industry and the broader society. But as we move into 2024, it's going to be the year of regulations within AI. You know, if we look currently, the, the EU AI regulations are going through the EU Parliament. We're due to see the introduction of those in Q1 2024. And that will be followed very, very quickly after that with the FDA AI regulations. And then following on from that, the rest of the world regulations. Um, and at ICON, we really support the introduction of those regulations because they provide the appropriate uh, framework and guardrails for ethical and responsible use of AI. So... At you know, at the Icon um, organization earlier this year, we we actually formed an AI um, committee. This is a cross-functional team from the IT department, cybersecurity, legal, data privacy, procurement, quality assurance, and of course, uh, members of my own team from the AI Center of Excellence. And this uh, committee produced the the Icon AI ethical principles. It produced an AI charter, and it also established an AI at ICON in um, Tranet page, which is accessible for all colleagues across the organization to actually view. So this informs all colleagues, including my team, about the appropriate use of AI and guides the organization about the creation of responsible and ethical AI, and also responsible use of AI within the organization. And as I mentioned earlier, the introduction of regulations for the use of AI across all industries will go a long way within industry and in the broader society to build uh, trust around the use of AI. AI is a disruptive um, technology, but it is going to deliver significant good to society and industry. And certainly if you look at the industry that I'm in, it's going to drive significant positive change in the execution of cl clinical trials and being able to get those treatments and medicines to patients quicker. I love this because this is such a role model for other companies to think about having an actual charter and a set of ethical principles. I think a lot of companies are seeing the benefit of AI, but they're not necessarily taking a measured approach to it like ICON is. So that is 
I think if, especially that you're sharing that with other organizations is impressive. And I think what a lot of companies need to do. Yeah. And I imagine that's a significant investment of time and resources to, to build these guardrails and to really lean in uh, to those ethical principles and requirements of, you know, these charters and and the people involved that are all on the clock and all on the payroll. So, you know, I, I definitely commend you for that because I think for a lot of us, we're just diving in and we're playing with it and, and we don't necessarily fully understand the implications that it has on people who are also concerned about their jobs. They're concerned about their job functions, the need for, for the work that they do and their skills. And so a lot of people uh, are worried, you know, about AI kind of eliminating uh, the need for their skill set in the workplace, in the marketplace. And so what human centric strategies do you employ at ICON to help employees adapt? And what responsibilities do you feel that people leaders have in guiding that transition? Yeah, it's an excellent question, Jeff. As we've gone through the, the, this year, the sort of AI hype cycle, and you know, it's been featured on many news news sites and social media platforms, and it is building that sort of doom and gloom element, uh, where people are saying, "Will it affect most jobs?" Uh, and many many jobs will be lost. The same could be said for any change story in history, whether it's, you know, industrial or technology revolutions. Um, If I actually remember back, if I can actually remember back when I first started working many, many years back in the late 80s, um, I started a job uh, within IT and then IT um, departments were very, very small. And as it grew, IT was viewed as something that was going to replace people. It was literally going to fundamentally replace everybody. What it actually did was create many, many jobs in new career paths that previously didn't exist. And I firmly believe AI is going to be exactly the same. Yes, there are jobs that are around today that will change or even be um, replaced, but it will also drive a level of efficiency into current jobs where it will remove a significant amount of mundane activities from the jobs and of colleagues doing more enriching roles within the organization. You know, if you look at, um, there are educational courses within universities that don't even exist now that will be created to support what AI is going to bring to society and industry. AI is also going to create a huge wave of employment. I think people are scared that it's going to remove jobs, but if you look at the example I gave around IT, it was viewed that IT was going to do it and there was going to be robots everywhere and we're all going to be at home and we won't have uh, jobs. I believe it's very similar to what AI is going to do. It's going to drive significant growth in jobs and new uh, career areas. Purely if you look at AI, it's going to drive huge demand for data scientists, data engineers, prompt engineers, designers, etc. Um, a good A good other example that I can use around how a disruptive technology creates a new um, industry. Just look at social media. If you, know, if you go back 15 plus, plus years, we never knew about Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Now we have new careers in social media and there are supporting university courses to drive careers in that uh, path. 
And really, we're only at the start of the journey for uh, for AI. And there's many, many more chapters to um, actually be written in that story. You know, if we bring it back within my um, organization, as part of our AI center of excellence, which is fully supported by uh, the um, leadership within the company, we've actually set up an AI champions net network. And we've also started an AI literacy program. The AI Champions Network is going to help identify the right and best uses for AI within the organization and for use on our sponsor cl clinical trials. It's also going to help build that community of practice in the company where we can bring people along the evolution journey of how we're going to implement and use AI. The AI literacy program that that we've uh, that we're rolling out that's that's going to be available to all colleagues across the organization. There's going to be a number of courses, and it's going to take people through the journey of uh, AI at various levels of detail. It will equip the colleagues at Icon with more knowledge about AI, what it's doing doing for the company, what services and benefit it's going to bring to sponsors and also allow them fully understand how AI works so they're able to bring their domain expertise to understand what is the art of the possible when it comes to the use of AI and appropriate use of AI within the industry and help us identify where AI can improve our clinical trial process and help us to deliver, uh, deliver a better and faster service for sponsors. I'm always amazed, Gerard, because I've worked with Icon, you know, for many years and Icon is always ahead of the curve. It seems like whenever you, whenever the organization has a big change, you provide education. You don't just throw people into the water and sort of expect them to yep. sink or swim. <laughs> and this is just another example of that. And that kind of leads me into to my next question. If we sort of zoom out from AI and just look at Icon as a company as a whole, and especially around this notion of providing people with education and support when it comes to change stories of any kind, Icon is such a global company and change and difference is just a way of life in your business. So in general, how do you encourage collaboration across difference? So whether that's across cultures or backgrounds or functions or any sort of difference. Yeah. So within the company, we have four key um, values that we live by within the organization. They are integrity, collaboration, agility, and inclusion. And to support that culture and values within the organization, every year we actually have a wake up to culture day that spans right across all our offices across the globe. And there's key leaders within the organization are sent out and they visit the various sites across the globe to support the, uh, the sort of living of those values. You know, if you look at the clinical trial industry and, you know, it's a landscape that's very complex. It's many st stakeholders from the colleagues within our um, within our organization, our sponsors who are running and want want the trials. We have the sites and investigators who are running the trials and recruiting patients. And finally, most importantly, we have the patients who are on the trials. So they all play a significant role in the execution of trials. So the key word that sort of spans across all of that is collaboration. 
And that facilitates the execution of clinical trials and the, the delivery of new treatments to patients around the world. You know, you know, at, you know, at ICON, we understand the importance of um, um, collaboration and the need to collaborate with all our colleagues across the organization. Also, one of the key things that's put in place within the organization is our annual goals and objectives every year. Part of those goals are how we adhere and live the ICON values and making sure we're living those values and we have a strong culture within the organization. And yes, as you mentioned, the ICON organization is truly a global organization with offices around the world. Teams in ICON have team members in every corner of the world. And through a collaborative culture, we work together very well as a combined virtual team. And a lot of the teams executing work are virtual teams. You have members in US, South America, Europe, Asia, you know, they're all across cr- across the globe. So it really is truly a, a global organization. And it's been that way now for many, many years. And that global virtual dynamic is very much now a mature culture and part of the DNA of the organization and how colleagues actually operate. So, Gerard, I think that you, again, are modeling some really critical things to other global organizations, because it is one thing to have those values around inclusion and collaboration, but it is another to measure yourself against how well you're living into them. So I think that was a crucial part of of what you said. And even though you are more mature in this global virtual teamwork, you're still doing a lot to ensure that all the colleagues across the globe have the skills that they need to, to meet that need. Yeah, and if you look at the values within the organization, certainly if you look at the um, um, Wake Up to Culture Day, that is a real serious day, the serious commitment right from the CEO right down to the colleagues in every single team. And it's a day where they dedicate a significant portion of that day to special events around the globe. So it's not something where... They send out an email with some nice pictures in it and say it's Wake Up to Culture Day. They they organize events that lead up to it. There's a big culture day and there's continuing communication po- post that. So it really is something that the organization lives. And look, all this is so complex in our audience of people, experience leaders and senior business leaders who are charged with the experience of their people are faced with this complexity of AI and the advancement of technology, as well as now globally distributed teams and the way that we're shifting our workforce right before our very eyes. These things are not easy. <laughs> this yeah. is why we started this podcast and this this opportunity to, to engage with leaders like you to, to talk about how you're navigating this uh, with the, the values that you talked about, like integrity, collaboration, agility, inclusion, you know, not too dissimilar from, I'm sure, a lot of all of your uh, values that you embody. And so I'd love for you to consider this audience, Gerard, of people experience leaders and senior leaders, and just take a moment to speak directly to them. I mean, of course, with everything, if we listen to a podcast, we want to think about something that we can maybe practically apply uh, towards uh, uh, this discussion. And so we talked about this symbiosis of AI and its effects on globally distributed teams. What is one key action that you think people leaders can implement today to successfully guide their distributed members 
across their team towards feeling connected and engaged amidst this kind of rapidly evolving space of AI and technological advancement? I suppose, you know, it's an excellent question, Jeff. I suppose the one area that I'd say, I suppose it's one, but it's actually two, is communication and education. Uh, If you look at the disruptive nature of any new technology, like we discussed today around AI, there's a huge need for communication and education to dispel any um, mis mis uh, truths or inaccuracies that are go- going around. You know, as I mentioned earlier, with all of the news and media that's going on, uh, there is that doom and gloom around AI that it's going to replace everyone and it's going to replace everything we uh, do and change. So the the key thing is, as organisations go through that change story. The key thing is communicating to the colleagues and educating the actual colleagues around what it's actually doing. With all the change stories comes a level of fear and resistance to change. So we really need to bring your team members and broader community of colleagues along that change um, journey. And, you know, and it is a journey. Like if you look at AI, where it's been, where it's gone this, this year, you know, AI has been around, as I said, for, for a good, good number of years, but this year it literally exploded. It exploded because suddenly someone came out with a easy and accessible tool for the public. The minute it hit there, it hit the news, it hit social media. And it's making sure you bring your colleagues through that entire journey. So AI is a disruptive technology, but has a huge amount of benefit that it's bringing to organizations and will bring to organizations and society in general. You know, again, as I mentioned, if you look at our industry, it's going to bring significant benefit to how clinical trials are executed and will aid the delivery of those new medicines and treat- treatments to patients in a quicker timeline and most uh, possibly a cheaper timeline. The cost to do clinical trials and get drugs to market takes a long, long time and costs a lot of money. And this is something where people can truly see the benefit of AI. And it's not this sort of doom and gloom. It's going to take take over the world. It's going to change how we execute a lot of activities across many, many industries, but bring a lot of benefit. For sure. And you have such a positive mission on which to focus. So, Gerard, it's been an absolute pleasure having you with us today. Your insights into this intersection between technology and the human experience in healthcare have been really enlightening to both of us, and I'm sure they will be to our audience. And so to our listeners, thank you for sharing your valuable time to tune in. We hope today's conversation with Gerard Quinn has sparked new ideas and perspectives for you as it has for us. Thank you for joining us for another insightful episode of the People Experience Pulse. We hope the words shared in this episode have inspired you as much as they've inspired us. Now the real challenge begins, putting what you've learned into practice. The change you create, no matter how small, could be the spark that ignites an exceptional people experience in your organization and beyond. If you found value in today's conversation, We'd greatly appreciate it if you took a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Your feedback helps us deliver high value content and reach more listeners like you. 
You can find other inspiring episodes and additional resources at our website, thepxpulse.com. Join our community at thepxpulse.com. Thank you again for joining us on the People Experience Pulse. Until next time, remember, the heartbeat of any organization is its people. Let's make every pulse count. We'll be right back.